just gotten married, I wanted to do uh, whatever I could in order to please her. Not saying that I don't do that anymore, but whenever we first got married, I was like, yeah, I, I just want to make all the right decisions. I want her to be happy and all those different things. And uh, so what ended up happening is because I wanted to make all the right decisions is that I ended up getting, unfortunately, paralyzed by indecision. And some of the, you know, some of the dumbest things you could, that you could worry about. I remember we'd go out to eat. We'd get in the car. And I'm sure some of you have experienced this before. We'd be in the car, and I'd look at her and say, hey, what would you like to eat tonight? And she'd be like, no, I really don't care. What do you want to eat? And I'd say, well, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, where would you like to go? Well, yeah, I'm not. It really doesn't matter. You make a decision, and then we'll, and we'll go there. Like, but, you know, I mean, I, just, I really just want to go where you want to go. And we would go around and around like this for like an hour just driving around. And what ended up happening is we would end up back at the house eating a meal out of the microwave. And I was totally frustrated because, you know, once again, I, I, I was paralyzed by indecision. Now, unfortunately, uh, life is pretty much just a series of decisions. You know, if you're going to live a good life and a successful life, it basically just comes down to making good choices. Uh, and if you end up making bad choices in life, then what ends up happening is that oftentimes you live a life of failure. And so I think we know this, and we know how important decisions are. And so for some reason we feel like that maybe we can stave off some bad things happening if we just don't make any decisions whatsoever. And so we end up getting paralyzed by indecision. And some of you today might be in that situation, that state in your life where and you're just having a hard time making some choices. And it could be, you know, you're debating with yourself, hey, do I, need to, do I need to stay here or do I need to move? Or do I need to take this job or not take this job? And you just go back and forth. And you can get to a point where you start saying, man, how in the world can I just get to a point in my life where I can make a decision and not just be absolutely paralyzed by not being able to make them. Well, here's the good news for today. Uh, we are continuing our series called Stress Busters by going through the 23rd Psalm. And one thing that we're going to see today is that God has a desire for us to move beyond indecision in our lives. And in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see King David sharing with us really an antidote to indecision in the one verse we're going to look at today. And so if you have your Bible, you can look at Psalm chapter 23, and we're just going to read one verse, verse number 3. Now, I, I really believe this. I believe that it's very uh, important that we discover that God has a path that He desires for us to travel down, a, a kind of life that He wants us to live. Now, unfortunately, it can be really easy to get off the track that God has in mind for us. And whenever that happens can end up majoring on the minors in life and minoring on the majors. And so we can get all caught up in, in uh, making decisions that are not good, and then we get nervous and we get bogged down by indecision. So how do we get over that? Well, we're going we're gonna to see David share with us some advice, and he's going to share with us a few antidotes to indecision. And so the very first antidote to indecision that I see in this one person we're going to look at today is first of all for us to recognize that I need a God. In order to move beyond indecision, we, we've got to recognize and admit in our own lives, you know what, I need a God. 
You know, very simply put, I need help in life. Uh, verse number three, it says, He restores my soul. And this is the part we're going to focus on. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Now, coming to the realization that we need help in life, that we need a guide in life, can be a tough pill for a lot of us to swallow. And I think, and I, whenever I read this, I automatically I thought of guys. I really think that's a, a tough issue for guys to deal with, to just come to a place where we say, you know what, I need help. You know, I need somebody to lead me in life. And I just think of some of the simple stuff that we struggle with as men and, and uh, being led by somebody else. I mean, just think about whenever you're driving. Ladies, have you ever been in the car with your husband before? And you knew that they had no idea where they were. And yet they're still driving around trying to figure it out. And the entire time, you know, Tim, if you're like my wife, she said, why don't you just pull over to a gas station and ask where we are? And my response is, I can figure this out. I don't need help from anybody. I've got a built-in, you know, compass in my head. And so we just drive around, and I'm not willing to admit I'm lost. And so what happens is we drive around forever before I am ever willing to pull over and ask for help. Now, why is that? Well, it's because I like to be right. It's because I don't like to think that I need anybody else. I like to feel like that I'm in control, that I'm in charge. But whenever I go back to the 23rd Psalm, and I look at the very first verse of the 23rd Psalm, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. Y'all are doing good. He is my shepherd. Now, if the Lord is my shepherd, then what does that make me? It makes me sheep. Now, what's interesting is uh, to know a little bit of something about sheep. Sheep in their nature have a tendency to wander. And wander with an A, not like wander with an E. They have a, a tendency to to drift away, to go in their own direction, to follow their own path. And so they end up oftentimes getting off path. And that's why it's interesting that Jesus throughout Scripture refers to his people as sheep. And the reason why is because we're a lot like them. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray, and each of us has turned to his own way. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we'd have to say that, that we like going in our Nobody really enjoys hearing somebody else tell them, hey, you know what, this is what you really need to be doing in life. Because we like to feel like that we're in charge of our own path. We, we don't like anybody dictating to us how we're supposed to live. And so we like to go our own way. And what happens is we wander. And then sometimes we end up getting lost. Now, going back to sheep for a little bit, there's one important thing to understand about sheep with our text today. And that is that sheep don't have very good vision. And they can be on a path. And they can be walking down that path, walking in the right way, but they can't see very far down the path because they don't have good eyesight. And that path could be leading them over the side of a cliff. But you know what? Because they can't see, they're just going to keep walking down the path. So what, what does a sheep need in those instances? He needs somebody who's got better eyesight than he does, right? I mean, he needs somebody who is a guide who could look down the road and tell him what the path holds for him. Now, we're like sheep. 
we're like sheep, and then our vision is really not all that great. Now, I know some of you think, well, I've got really good vision. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just like in, in walking down life, living life, our vision is not strong enough for us to know what's going to happen like, say, like five years from now. That you can guess, but the fact matters, you really don't know what the future holds. Did you know that you don't even, did y'all know this? You really don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You really don't. You might call your plans. Listen, that's not bad to make plans, but ultimately you really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. How's that make y'all feel? Now, for those of us who are planners, that makes us a little bit nervous. So we're like sheep that we can't see very well. So what do we do? We need somebody who can see. We need somebody who has a better perspective, who has better vision than we do. Now, why would God make us like this so we can't see that far down the road? And I really think it's very simple. I think it goes all the way back to verse number one where it says, I believe that God has allowed our vision to be limited so that we will learn how to trust a shepherd and follow him. Now, how well does it work out for you when you make decisions without consulting Like in all of this, we're going to go honey by the way, we're going to go all the way across the country. God, I should have told you that earlier, but I'm telling you now. How's that going to work out for you? In a not very well. How well does it work out for you when you make major decisions in your life without ever consulting the leadership of God who's got better vision than you do? As a matter of fact, in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Now, I can think of a lot of decisions that I've made in my life that I thought were good for me, but I never asked God for his direction times when I put my personal agenda ahead of God's agenda in my own life. It seemed really good at the time, and as time passed by, what ended up happening is I ended up feeling spiritually empty. What do I need? What do you need? You need a guide who's going to be able to see down the road, who's able to see much further than you are. See, our vision is very limited. When I think of my own vision in this life, the, the only thing I can see in my life is my little tiny corner of the world, my little piece of the world. That's it. God's able to see the big picture. And so I'd want to follow Him because He's able to see so much more than, than I can. One of, my, one of my favorite hobbies is fishing. And yesterday's weather, the last couple of days' weather has got me real excited about it. Uh, I, just to let y'all know, as a professional fisherman, just to let y'all know, water still gets and so it needs to warm up a little bit. But I can tell you this. I, I really enjoy fishing. But when I go fishing, you know what my main objective is when I go fishing? What do y'all think it is? It's to get away from the family. No, I'm just kidding. Whenever I, whenever I go fishing, my, my wife's not here. I'm teasing y'all. I love my family. My main objective when I go fishing is to catch fish. Now, one thing I've learned is that whenever I go into a new place, and, uh, and I don't know anything about it. Like, for instance, there's a guy in our church, uh, Drew Royal. He'll take me down to Evansville, and I don't know much about fishing. I have to ask Drew, and he's got to be my guide because he knows, supposedly, where the fish are. And if I go somewhere new, you might, I, want to, I want to follow somebody who's been there before because they know where all the stuff is. Otherwise, I'm just sort of casting out there blind. I, I'm just hoping I'm relying on luck. 
And that doesn't work out very well. And so I'm looking for a guide who's been there before because my main objective when I go fishing is to catch fish. Same thing's true in life. My guess is that all of us have a longing in this life to be successful, to live a life that matters. I am yet to meet somebody who woke up this morning and said, man, I'm Nobody does that. Nobody says, I want to be a loser. And we all wake up saying, I want to win. You know, I want to be the best. If you want to be the best, if you want to live a life of meaning and purpose, then doesn't it make sense that you would want to find a guy who's been there before? Who understands what the path to righteousness and success leads to? Don't you want to follow somebody who knows the path to that? And the one who has that path, that inside knowledge, is God. Now the question is, are you are you willing to admit to God, God, I need you. God, I need you to lead me in my life. Now you might be thinking, why should I be him? Why can't it be somebody else? I'll tell you why. He's God. He's the, the source of life. He knows you better than anybody else. He knows how he's created you. Jesus said this in John 15, 5. He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he says, he'll bear much fruit. Then he says, but apart from me, you can do nothing. Another reason why we want God to be our guide is we want something God knows him. 1 John 3, 20 says, for God is greater than all and he knows everything. That word know, it means he understands. God understands everything. Every situation that you're in, every decision that you are wrestling with right now, God understands it and he knows the right answer. Now how cool is that? Every problem that you are facing, every situation that you are dealing with right now, God already knows now, if he already knows the right answer, does it make sense to you to think he probably already knew? See, and that can remove a lot of good decisions in your life because you begin to see, oh, I see how he got me. So, what's an antidote to indecision? Recognize I need God. There's another antidote to indecision I want to share, and that is this to recognize I need directions. I need direction. In verse number three again, it says, He restored my soul. And he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Needing a guide and needing direction, they, they go hand in hand. Now, that's why do I need a guide? So they point you in the direction that you need to go. And an antidote to indecision is a recognition that we need a map of life. You can tell me all day long you know how to get some tapes and go down here to the lab. Y'all, I don't do good People start telling me the landmarks, which are just absolutely crazy to me. Oh, you can go down there by the Little Johnson's. Yes, I can do it. I can go to Little Johnson's. Who are they? What, you know what I need? I need a map. I want somebody to draw me directions and say, this is the turn right here. You turn on this street, I want to be specific. And if you give me directions like that, I'm not going to get lost. God has given us a map like that. 
He's given us directions like that so that He can keep us on the path He wants us to be on. Verse number 3 tells us the kind of path God wants you to live your life in. It says, He leads us in paths of righteousness. Now, what's that mean? Here's what it means. It means that He will keep us on a path to follow Him that's not littered with obstacles like sin that will keep us from arriving at the destination He has in store for us. He will put us on a path where we will not stumble and fall and be destroyed by this thing. It makes me think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your, on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Follow God straight. So I'm referring to is that, that God will remove any obstacle that will keep you from remaining on His path. He will remove the obstacle of sin so that you can arrive at the desired destination. As followers of Jesus, you know what our ultimate desired destination is? It's heaven. God's prepared a place for His followers to be with Him. And that's and, and God hates sin so much He will not allow it into His presence. And so what God has done is that God has given us a map to follow so that we can be guided through and around sin so that it will enable us to arrive at our destination. What is the map for us? It's Jesus. See, Jesus came in order to remove sin. Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus is a man that leads us to righteousness and that leads us to the destination that God's created for us. One of my favorite preachers is a guy named Chuck Swindoll. He's, Chuck Swindoll's probably in his mid-70s, maybe, maybe he's in for his day. stories that he told them is when he was in the Marines, they were uh, going into the harbor in Yokohama, Japan. And he said, they were, excuse me, he said they were coming in, and he said, our ship stopped in the harbor. And he said, so we just sat there, and he was all kind of looking around, and he said, a tugboat from port started coming up, and this, he said, this little Japanese guy got off the tugboat, climbed up onto the ship, and took the, basically like took the wheel of the ship. And he said, he piloted us into the port. And he said, well, I think What they discovered is they began to look over the side of the, of the ship. They looked down, and they could see bombs all throughout the, all throughout the harbor that were still there from World War II. Now, their captain didn't know where all the mines were. And so what he did is he said, I need another captain who knows where the mines are so that he can give us a mine field to drop these bombs. Guys, let me tell you something. In this life, there are a lot of Today, 
today, it just seems like sin, sin is so much more difficult, I think, for a lot of people to get Because our, our sta- I really believe, I believe our standards over the years have gotten lower. Things that we used to say were wrong, and we just knew automatically this is sinful, it's not right. We lower our standards so much now that the stuff we used to call wrong, we now say it's okay. And I think part of the reason why is because we, there's so much anonymity in sin that we think, well, if I'm not hurting somebody else, you know, if I keep it private, then it's really not that big of a deal. I just, I think of all the stuff that we have, and we have all this technology where we can, we can get online, we can look at stuff, we can do stuff, we develop relationships with people that are just totally anonymous. We feel like that it's, that it's just okay. That's why I believe that now, more than ever, we need God give us direction to navigate us through the minefield of sin. And one of the really neat things to discover is I, is I look throughout scriptures that God's already given us direction of how to navigate through sin and avoid it. And the direction that he's given us, guys, he's given us his word. He's given us scripture. And that's why it's so important that we read the Bible. We, we want to read scripture because there's directions in this book and how God desires for us to live. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, what, what's an antidote for indecision? It is to recognize I need to guide. It's to recognize I need direction. And here's the last one I want you to see. This, this is probably my favorite. Another antidote to indecision is to recognize. Verse number three says, I want you to down. It says, He guides me in paths of righteousness. This is my favorite part. For his name's sake. God will guide you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Names are very important. The names identify who you are. Each and everybody in here, you all have names. Everybody in my family is named after. Uh, my wife, Emily, she's named after my grandmother. Um, I, I, I told first names, I, this is true, I'm named after my uncle, my middle name, after my uncle. My first name, Eric, it's not so great. It's uh, one that comes from, my dad used to smoke Eric cigars. So uh, I am I am named after smokes, uh, which is, you know, kind of a cool thing. Hey, who are you named after? Well, tobacco. Uh, so anyway, uh, so I'm named after my uncle. All, all three of my children, they're all named after their grandparents. Names are very important, but you know what name is more important than a first name? It is your last name. Your last name is tremendously important. It identifies who you belong. It identifies your identity. But not only that, whenever you live, you don't just live representing yourself. You represent your last name. I remember whenever I was getting ready to go to college, dad had told me some stories, and uh, there was a lot of wisdom in it. So I think it's also scary a little bit. And that's, let me tell you something, because I want you to know that I don't think I can do that. I'm sure y'all know this one. Well, he gave me my name. He said, so I want you to protect that name, because it's not just for you. It's for your family. It's for your Dad told me, he said, you don't ever put yourself in any situation that's going to embarrass you. Okay, talk about vulnerable. I go to college, and that stuff pops in my mind. There's things that are tempted to do, you know, people 
And so there's a lot of stuff that I did not do, a lot of stuff I did not get involved in because I wanted to protect my name. And let me tell you this. Did you know God also has a name? He identified himself to Moses. He identified himself to Abraham. He said, well, he said, that's a name. God has a name. And because God has a name, God is going to protect his name. He's going to protect his name. Now think about some of the things that, that God has said to us throughout, all throughout Scripture. Some of the things God has promised His people. He said, when you take my name, He says, when you follow me, you trust me, you'll be famous. He said, I will cleanse you, make you righteous. He tells us that, that He will give us salvation, that He will rescue us, that He's prepared a place in heaven for His people. And you can look at all those things and and see how God offers all these things to us. And, man, just be jaded. You can look at all that and say, that sounds really good. They know it. How could God actually do all that stuff? How could God forgive people? I mean, I know a bunch of jerks. How could God forgive them? And I know myself. I know I've been, I've been poorly. How could God actually ever forgive somebody God knows that his name, his word, is worth nothing to him. Blessed is his word. See, God's going to protect his name. Ezekiel 36, 22 says, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm doing these things, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name. You know, verse number three means to me, it means that I can confidence in God. When my situation in life, when your situation in life is uncertain, your hope doesn't have to wait. Why? Because God's word is real. Whenever you are in doubt about maybe your financial future, whenever you are in doubt about what your job's going to be, you can have hope that God's going to take Whenever you're scared of being alone, because you're not alone. As God says that He is with His people, why would He do that? Because He's going to protect His people. God is going to keep His word. He's never going to associate Himself with something that's not story about after the Civil War, um, General Robert E. Lee was approached by the Louisiana Lottery. And they had come to him and they asked him, they said, we'd really like to associate your, your name with this lottery. And we really believe that if you do that, that you can make a lot of money uh, your name being associated with it. Now, Lee was not a gambling man. He saw the lottery as being scammed and he took the opportunity. And he said, he's on his front porch. So he stood up and he told the men, he said, let me tell you two things.
because of that, as you face times of indecision, I want you to know that you can have confidence that when God gives us a promise in His word, He's going to fulfill it. Because He's going to protect us today. A lot of pressure that you might feel or sense in your life can be removed because you have God who is true to His word. Now, now how can I move beyond the decision? Somebody here today might need to call out to Jesus and say, Jesus, you know what? I need you to lead my life. And it takes it takes you putting aside your pride and acknowledging that in this life, you need God. Another antidote is to say, you know, I, I recognize I need direction. For some of you, you may recognize Jesus as your guide, but when it comes down to directions, you haven't spent a whole lot of time I want to challenge you to begin to look into God's word for direction and leadership. And I believe as you do that, that some of that indecision you might experience in your life, that it will begin to subside. And then finally recognize that God is God's going to 